Welcome to the King's Anywhere podcast, inspirational teaching, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whenever you're ready. So, uh, just reminding you of our verse for the year, uh, which is Romans 12, 2. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then we're jumping from there right back into the Old Testament to Exodus chapter 1 and chapter 2, because we're going to explore uh, the story of, of Moses this morning. So um, Exodus is the birth of a nation. The nation of of Israel exploded in numbers um, in Exodus, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna look at that. So it says these are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt, Egypt with Jacob, each with his family, just to get a bit of a story: uh, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali. Gad and Asher, the descendants of Jacob, numbered 70 in all, and Joseph was already in Egypt. Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died, but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Python and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. So um, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just pause there. So this uh, is about the entrance of, of Moses onto the scene. And you know, Moses is one of the greatest kind of leaders in, in the Old Testament. And he's a picture of Jesus. We, we would say the law came through Moses and grace and truth came through through Jesus Christ in John 1. Um, but we see the father's protection over his plan and his purpose. Uh, we see that in the story of Moses, that in all of this, God watched over him even though the circumstances are adverse, God has not forgotten. And, and we need to remember that um, when our circumstances can be adverse, God has not forgotten us. He has not forgot his plan and he has not forgotten uh, his purpose. And um, if you remember in Genesis, at the end of Genesis, it says um, of um the land of Egypt, Pharaoh said, I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you can enjoy the fat of the land. So they'd enjoyed 
Egypt. They'd enjoyed their time there. And you could say that they got very, very comfortable um, in that place uh, in Egypt because it was a blessing and nothing was um, being thrown at them. And if you remember that um, Joseph said to them uh, in Genesis, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So they had the promise of God that they were not in the right place uh, and they were going to get a a land. Um, and, And Joseph said to them, you must carry my bones up from this place. So the promise of God was there, that that was not where um, they were meant to be. And um, in, they were enjoying themselves. This was a great place, really comfortable, and um, this, this, is, this, is, this can go on. Uh, they enjoyed blessing and security. And the question arises, you know, did they get too comfortable? Um, did they, they delay too long? Um, and this adversity was stirred up to cause them to want to to be uh, obedient. But even in that place of adversity, God cared for them and, and watched over them. And we can get comfortable, can't we? Um, we can get comfortable where we are. But, but God sometimes is stirring us up. Uh, wanting us to step out of our comfort zones and step into, take steps of faith into what he has for us. Now, um, they're going to be, they're enslaved. Um, and so that they're put into slavery. And a generation died so that when, when they were born, that, that generation passed away. People were actually born into slavery. So you can imagine that that's a different way of life. Um, it's a different way of thinking. You'd be trained in a different way of thinking if you're born into slavery. You're not, you've not had freedom. You've not, been, you've not been used to it. And that whole generation died um, that enjoyed, enjoyed that blessing. Yet, we, we see and we will see that even, even in that situation of being trained into slavery... Um, there were those that had hope for the future. Um, there were those that had trust in God and in the promises of God out of that adversity and out of that situation. And so they had a different mindset, even though it would seem that they've been trained in slave thinking. And that's quite incredible. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to look at, 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 even in that situation, even when it's tough, when people are trusting in God, he's there and he's protecting them and he's looking out. And so we're going to see some examples of that um, in, in uh, this, this story. Um, so perhaps while they were comfortable they maybe didn't have the slightest thought of wanting to to leave Egypt that was for another generation um and you know we we can be tempted can't we when adversity comes to do that and sometimes tough times are there and they they 
they're part of God helping us to draw close to him, uh, pushing us to our knees um, in, in, those, in those times, pushing them towards him and out of our comfort zones. Um, because maybe, maybe God sees sometimes when things are all good and nice and, and fluffy and rosy, um, maybe we don't do that. Uh, and sometimes those, those things come and they can be, uh, it can feel like a bit of a, of chastening in those times. And unlike the Israelites, um, they learned to be thankful for the pharaohs that knew nothing of Joseph. We may need to learn to do that sometimes um, in, in our lives, to be thankful for the pharaohs that, that know nothing uh, of, of Joseph. And, and that can be a difficult training ground, but it's a, it's a ground of our minds being renewed and our trust being in God. Historians believe that it was King Ramesses II um, that enslaved the Israelites and potentially the, the cities, um, the store cities of Ramesses um, were built for military protection and on, on slave, on slave labour. Um, so that's where they, the historians uh, see this. Um, and so we could also say that a movement can easily forget as well what made it what it was. Um, we could say that the nation of Israel in that time of, of comfort perhaps um, and Pharaoh, the Egyptians, were forgetting um, what had made them what they were. Uh, and there's a verse in Proverbs that says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns a people, any people. That's uh, in Proverbs 14. And, and when we look around in, in our world, you know, we, we, can, we can see that. We can see that, that happening. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any any people and a nation can can forget uh, where it's come from and forget to honor um, where it's where it's come from and so this, this is a picture of a nation that has been born into slavery but it's it's multiplying because it's they've got God's promise that given to Abraham that they are going to be a great nation and nothing is is stopping that promise and it can also be a picture of us, can't it, where we are born into sin and we have that upbringing in our lives and that bias in our lives where we, we can be slaves to sin. But Jesus sets us free from that mentality, that slave thinking, that slave mindset. And um, in Romans, it says that the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit brought about your adoption into sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. So... We are of a different mindset. We're not of a slave mentality to fear. We have been set free by God, by the Holy Spirit, by being a son, by being a daughter of God. 
um, we can cooperate out of that mindset. So as we, as we read on in this story, we, we come across two uh, Hebrew midwives, uh, Shifra and, and Puah. Just read that. Uh, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? Uh, the, the midwives answered, Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They're vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. So he said that even in this situation of of slavery, there are people who don't have a slave mentality. Uh, And these two midwives were showing what it it meant to um, trust in God, to have hope for the future, to see the promise of God above their situation, above their circumstances. So their fear of God was, was here. There was also Pharaoh who was here. Um, and so um, they were kind of like stuck, weren't they? It's like a little bit of a catch-22. You know, whichever way they go, there's going to be... There's gonna be potential struggle. I mean, it looked rough on both sides of the equation for the midwives. Um, And they chose to fear God. They chose to put the risk and the step of faith on the God side. They chose to fear God in their situation and, and in their circumstances. They chose to go with God's authority and we are sons and daughters of, of God, aren't we? We live in, uh, with challenges around us in our workplaces, in our lives. And we are faced with choices that, that we have to make in, in our lives. They come along. But when we have our hope in God in the promises of God, and we see things from his perspective, and we recognize that we are eternally loved. Where are you going to choose? Where are you going to go with your choices? And where are you going to stand? Where are you going to put your step of faith? And those Hebrew midwives they, they chose to make that choice uh, into the, the fear of God. They, they put their hope in their future in God. Uh, and that's what, they, that's what they chose to do. And we make those little choices. I remember being a, working in a bakery and um, they told me that, um, you know, this, this little choice that we make every day, um, that they said, um, you know, this bread here is... Um, fresh every day. They had a sign, I think, that this, this bread is fresh every day. And I was working in this bakery. And um, 
a customer sort of comes in and uh, asks me, is the, is the bread is the bread fresh this morning? I knew the bread, <laughs> the bread wasn't fresh this morning. So I just, because, because I love Jesus, it's just a simple choice. Because I love Jesus, um, and I can't, I don't want to tell any lies. Well, I said, I'm, uh, it isn't actually, it isn't actually fresh, uh, this, this uh, particular bread today. And then I end up in front of the manager. <laughs> Because, you know, told them that the bread wasn't fresh. Um, and, uh, you know, they said, why, why are you, why are you not pulling the line? And, you know, um, and I just said, well, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm, I can't do that. I've got to, I've got to say. And I think it actually made it quite easier from that point on because I don't think he told me things so that I didn't have to say things. <laughs> but you make those choices. We faced with choices in our workplaces, um, in our daily lives, where we choose where are we going to go, and we put in our hope and our stand and our trust and our faith in God um, in those situations, because it's the winning side in the end, and it's because we are eternally loved. So. Chapter two, a baby is is born. So um, now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds among the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen um, to him. So how long is this process going to take for the Israelites? They are in slavery and um, hope for the future is, is arriving in the form of a, of a baby. Um, but how long is this process going to take this hope for the future. How small is this answer when you're living under slavery um, year after year? Because when Moses was born, there was another 80 years for them to wait for the promise of God. Uh, and that's, that's a long time. Um, well, we are told in Hebrews 11 that Moses' parents did what they did by faith. Um, so they, they, they acted um, out of faith. They saw that Moses was different. And Darren gave us the great um, illustration last week of no ordinary, no ordinary child. What sometimes um, they, they saw that this was a real hit, this was a hidden work of the Holy Spirit. They saw that this child was different. They saw that physically there was something different about this child. They noticed in their natural environment that, that God was wanting to, to do something. And it says that they were not afraid of the king's decree. And faith helps us to overcome fear. Again, these are people that are 
living with a slave under slavery and quite incredible that they're not they're not in here living under slavery they're not afraid of the king's edict that that whole system that that surround them they're, they're they're being different and they're taking a step of faith in a situation that looked completely adverse they had hope and trust in the promises of God. And um, so they, they took a step of, of faith. They had reason to be afraid, but they trusted that God was at work with this, this child. They hadn't succumbed to a slave mentality um, of fear. And it says in Isaiah 26, 3, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. Because they trust in you. And Moses' parents were trusting in, hoping in the promises of God for the future. And there comes a point, you know, um, in, in our lives where God asks us to, to trust him in difficult situations and circumstances. And he asks us to stand in faith on on his promises. We don't know why. Maybe, I don't know how Moses became too hard to hide at three months. Um, We can just imagine maybe he was just really loud and just like, you know, threw out the decibels um, constantly. Uh, But something at three months, they realized that what they had done up to this point which was sufficient for their situation, was no longer going to work. And they needed to not do what they were doing, but they needed to do something different for this next phase and this next step of faith. And sometimes we hit points in our journey um, with God where that's the, there's an access point a, a, a moving point where the way that you've you've done things needs to shift because God is inviting you to take a deeper step of faith uh, and, and not to do things the way that you've done them in the past, but to change. Um, and that was the the, the parent, Moses' parents were at this point. And and it's a point where God says, I want you to let go. I I want you to let go in in a deeper way and trust in me. We can't do the same thing. And if we think of our verse for the year, which is transforming our minds so that we will know God's will, God invites us to change and to move forward uh, in his his plans and in his purposes, and and at those points, there's a deeper surrender required. That must have been tough for Moses' parents. This point, you know, at this point, they've they've protected him, they've got him, is is theirs. But as parents, we know that we have to give our children into the hands of God. We have to let them go into God's plan for their lives. And 
those parents had to take that choice and that, and that decision. And there was a deeper surrender required. Um, sometimes, sometimes God asks us for what's precious to us, to, to surrender up into his plan and into his purpose because we can trust him. And there's a greater depth of faith that comes uh, to to our lives in in that process. You see, as human beings, um, we have claims on our hearts and we tend to give our hearts to maybe the, the one that seems the most worthy or the highest bidder. Because that's how we work as as human beings. And in our verse it says, In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to, to hit me. Let your mind be transformed. What why is God saying that to us? Because He's trying to tell you that He is the highest bidder. He is the highest bidder on your heart. He has paid the highest price for you. And he has eternal love over your life and over and over your heart. And so there are moments where God invites you into deeper things and the reason that you can take that step is that your heart has gone to a place of much deeper surrender because you understand that it belongs to Jesus and he deserves it all of it and so surrender then becomes a lot easier and you can take those steps of faith Because you're giving up those things. You're offering those things as a living sacrifice in your life. As you're making your journey of faith and as you're walking through your life. And it becomes a lot easier. He loves you. And he invites us into those places of of surrender. So Moses' parents at that point... They found that their measure of faith fitted into God's plan. It says in Romans 12, 3, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith, God has distributed to each of you. We don't need to kind of beat ourselves up over how much faith Because God's given you a measure of faith. And he requires that measure of faith from you and from from your life. So, out of this, um, Moses, the result of this step of faith, they put Moses in a basket. 
and they put him on the Nile. And um, the result is that in this process of giving what's precious to God, he's given back to them um, to look after. So um, although the time came for them to give him up to Pharaoh's daughter, they ended up being able to look after him to be an influence um, over and in in his life. Um, And so they regarded Moses as on loan from God as long as they had him and he gave him back to God. And Moses was, uh, he grew up with an Egyptian mother in Egyptian culture, in an Egyptian atmosphere. Uh, And when they took him to the Nile, they really thought uh, we're saying goodbye. And as I said before, it's important as parents that we don't hold on too tightly to our kids, but we do release them into God's purpose and into God's God's plan uh, for, for their lives. Um, so they regarded him uh, as, as on loan and um, they, they put him uh, on, on the Nile. And the likelihood of Moses ever growing up to know the God of Abraham, Isaac and, and Jacob was, would seem considerably lessened by his pagan education that he was going to get. He was going to become an Egyptian scientist, historian, learn the language, have their worldview. He would be Egyptian in every possible way, not necessarily the kind of training for a leader of Israel. Um, but with God, nothing is impossible. And so um, we, we, um, we move on from there, and we find that they were from the tribe of Levi, and this happened at the height of Pharaoh's cruelty, that Moses is born. Both Miriam and Aaron, which are Moses' brother and sister. Wow, I've only got five minutes left and I've not made much progress whatsoever. Okay. Um, So, God raised up friends even among their enemies. So Pharaoh's daughter had compassion and in so doing raised up Israel's deliverer and her own country's uh, destruction um, in doing so. But God had a plan. Um, so they placed the baby on the Nile, which we could see as a place of death, because that's where all the, the babies were going to be uh, were thrown into. And we had to think of that as the old mindset, If you like, it's a picture of our old mindset that the Holy Spirit wants to bring us life and peace. He is the source of our life that flows through our lives. And that's a a picture of our new life in Christ, that our identity in Christ is changed. We are saved from, um, from death. He has freed our thinking for not being enough to knowing we are complete in Christ and that we can do all things um, through Christ. It says of Moses that he was um, a friend of God. Uh, and it says in um, Exodus 33, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face 
as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, um, but his assistant Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. And um, it, it says in John 15, I just want to read these, these ver- words to you. Uh, John 15 and verse 12, these are the words of Jesus uh, to, to us. John 15, where it says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Wow. 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 (laughs) Isn't that absolutely amazing? (laughs) That, That Jesus is inviting you into friendship. Every single one of us. Friendship. And the thing about friendship is that there are, alongside our friendship, there are obligations, aren't there? If you've got a friend, there are obligations to a friend. That looks different, doesn't it, when it's a relationship like that? And that's meant to be our relationship with God. Making those choices to fear God towards him. Breaking the mindsets of our slave mentality. Because he's loved you forever. He's got the greatest call on your heart. And he wants to be your friend. And so, he wants to move in our lives. It says the Lord confides in those who fear him. There is that opportunity to be a friend of God. The source of the river, the Holy Spirit, is ready to train you in his royal righteousness. To be trained in all the loving behavior of the king of kings. Because you have been transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, the opportunity is there for you to be a friend of the king. We have a manual for our minds, the Holy Spirit, his rod and his staff, the word, both are on your side. And they are there to set you free and remove the orphan thinking the isolation, change the mentality to a son and daughter 
and remove fear and the disconnection in relationships. Romans 8 tells us there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life, the spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. We're kind of all in the basket, as it were, but we're not governed by the death or flow of the Nile. We have been set free. Um, And God wants to move in your life. He wants to heal your past so that you stop thinking that you're like, you're, you want the hope. You let go, as Darren has mentioned. We let go of the hope of a better past. He sets us free to have hope for the future and in his, and his promises uh, for us. And God wants to do a deeper work in us. And I do have a sense that almost like in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves and 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 you kind of just feel that like God is just wanting to tell you that he loves you because that after that comes surrender and then after that comes the steps of faith and there's a deeper walk for you there's a deeper walk with Jesus for you and it's it's that it's that process that he has. I've I'm about halfway now, <laughs> so don't worry. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on. But um, Moses, you know, he rejected his identity. He came up to remember the two Israelites. Uh, he killed an Egyptian when, when Moses came up to that point where he killed an Egyptian. And that was, he was able to do that because he didn't think like a slave. The Israelites that were fighting with each other, they, were, they, were, they, they had that slave mentality, but Moses hadn't been brought up to think like a slave. He had confidence because he'd been trained in a royal palace with a royal mindset. And he stepped into, and he did it wrong, he made mistakes, but he had confidence. And he knew he had significance, he he played it wrong, but he knew he had significance. And God has that for us, for you, in your life. That's that's what he wants to do in you, um, and through you. With our verse for the year this morning, and... Um, I'll stop there. Um, I just really believe that God is thawing us out. You may not know, you may not be aware <laughs> that you need thawing out. There's some things that came up last year in, in my life that I didn't think I needed thawing out, but God did a work and some work in my past. Because he's always transforming us, changing, changing our minds. And I just know that the Holy Spirit and where we are as a church, God just wants to move us to deeper places. And that's through surrender. 
coming from in view of God's mercy. Seeing that you're invited into friendship. Seeing that you are eternally loved and he's, his love has the highest call. The highest call on everything in your life. It's the most beautiful. It's the most refreshing. It's the most enjoyable. It's the most precious. Your heart needs to know and be healed and to know surrender to that love. And then there are steps of faith to take with him in our lives. You're invited into friendship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who's constantly changing us and loves us. And uh, there was two pictures um, that I had. Sarah, I don't know if you put that, the first picture up, it was frozen. Yeah, so, so I, I, mentioned, I think I mentioned this last week, but that isn't the Niagara Falls, because otherwise we'd be sued for copyright. So <laughs> that's a frozen waterfall. Um, and there's a verse in that Darren read out at the beginning, 147, about God's word being like it, it thaws the ice. The breezes come and it thaws the ice and then the waters flow. In your heart, he wants the waters to flow in your heart and to thaw, thaw out the ice or wants it to, wants it to move on. And if you put that little video up, um, Sarah, um, I took a little video and this is a swallow. Uh, the Swallow um, Falls at Bettersea Coid. Um, I just took this little video and I, I, I like my slow-mo things with water, so I did my little slow-mo. <laughs> but <clears throat> what about your heart looking like that? The Holy Spirit breathing through those places thawed through the love of God pouring over your heart and your heart knowing with a certainty that you're loved, that you are a friend, you're invited into friendship. So it's easy, easier to make those choices in the workplace because you're free. You're not under a slave mentality. You've been set free. And I want to pray for us this morning. Um, I just want to pray for us. I just think we should pray and ask God to do this in our lives. Are you up for this? Yeah. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this message. To find out more about King's Church Warrington, visit our website or find us on Facebook and Instagram.